You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Zags, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host as always, Stephen Carr. Before we get started today, the NBA draft is over, and now a lot of people are starting to look forward to football season and college football right around the corner, and the Locked On Network has you covered. We've got Locked On Pac-12, Locked On SEC, Locked On Big Ten, Locked On Big 12, Locked On ACC, all of those Locked On podcasts waiting for you. And there's no better place to get all your conference news than following our Locked On Conference podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Today is Friday, July 30th. And I would like to go on record right now and say that the Toronto Raptors are going to regret taking Scotty Barnes over Jalen Suggs. This is obviously a somewhat biased podcast and it's Gonzaga centric, of course, but I typically keep things pretty level with you guys. So when I say that I don't get the pick, I'm not just being a homer. So today on the show, of course, we are breaking down the NBA draft. We're going to talk about where all four Gonzaga players are heading. Overall, a very successful night for the school. And we're going to hear from Jalen Suggs. We're going to hear from Corey Kispert. And then I'm going to give some of my thoughts on all four guys and their fits with their new teams. And obviously, we're going to start today with Jalen Suggs. Unless Kyle Lowry is going to come back for a few more seasons in Toronto, I just don't understand why they took Scotty Barnes over a very clear point guard replacement. It seemed like it was the perfect marriage between Toronto and Jalen Suggs. And Jalen Suggs even talked about it in his pre-draft press conferences on Tuesday about how excited he was to possibly uh, play in Toronto and go through that player development program. They've produced a lot of really good guards in the past. And he was going to slot right in where Kyle Lowry was, play alongside Fred Van Fleet. He wasn't going to have to be asked to do too much. Um, And I really thought that that was the perfect spot for him. And instead, they go after Scotty Barnes, who's not a very good shooter at all. Of course, he's got some good upside. And I like Scotty Barnes. This is not a a knock on Scotty Barnes. I just thought the fit made so much sense with Toronto. And I'm not sure the fit with Scotty Barnes makes as much sense for that team. So it doesn't really matter now. Jalen Suggs is going to Orlando. And this is the second player in Gonzaga history to go in the top five in the NBA draft. Of course, the only other one was Adam Morrison, who went number three overall. And the fit in Orlando is very different than it would have been in Toronto. In fact, it's really the opposite. They've got three guards already on the roster, three young guards on the roster, RJ Hampton, Cole Anthony, and Markel Fultz. But the problem is that none of them are really stars. They're in a complete total rebuild And those three guards are essentially going to be role players more than anything else. They need a star on that team. Um, They traded away Vucevic. They traded away Aaron Gordon. They are in a complete and total teardown rebuild. And so Jalen Suggs, as opposed to being, um, you know, a, a, a really good player on a good team in Toronto, he is going to be the star of a bad team in Orlando. And he is going to get the keys to the car. And he is now the face of the Orlando Magic franchise. So it's going to be interesting to see how he takes on that challenge. They also took uh, Franz Wagner with the number eight pick, who overall I'm not a huge fan of. uh, But I think a lineup of Jalen Suggs, uh, Markel Fultz, Franz Wagner, and Jonathan Isaac, who's another talented wing, that group is really, really athletic, and I think they could be really, really good defensively. And so that kind of seems like it's going to be their 
core four. I don't know how good they're going to be offensively, but that's a really good and athletic group, especially on the defensive end. With Suggs, basically the star of this team now, he's going to get the keys to the car, like I said, and he's going to do basically whatever he wants. I think there's a really good chance that Jalen Suggs could win Rookie of the Year because he's going to be putting up much higher scoring numbers in Orlando than he would have in Toronto or really anywhere else for that matter. So an interesting fit uh, with the Orlando Magic, and I'm actually really looking forward to Jalen Suggs being the star of the team uh, because he really wasn't necessarily that at Gonzaga. He didn't have, I mean, when he wanted to, he could score whenever he wanted, but he was not a guy that was going to necessarily have to go out and score 20 to 25 points a night. I think that is going to be his role as a, a rookie right away is somebody who can go out and score 20 to 25 points a night. So I'm excited to see him uh, and his career kind of take off right away. Of course, Jalen Suggs uh, talked to the media after he got drafted, and here's some of what he had to say about his expectations going into Orlando and what it's going to be like to play with other really talented guards on the roster. Whatever is asked and whatever is needed, you know, whether that's a guard and score, whether that's to come out and facilitate somebody else having a hot night uh, or to shut down, you know, start playing another team. Um, you know, I feel like my versatility that I'm going to bring in, you know, allows to do a lot of different things, you know, as a team and, and succeed. Because uh, at the end of the day, I just want to win. You know, I want to win for myself, uh, for the city, for the franchise and for everybody else on the team. You know, I don't know the expectations I set on myself, you know, and those are always the highest. Um, so going in there and, you know, achieving, you know, what I set out for myself. And I know that if I do that, it'll meet their standards as well. So I'm um, super excited going to work, you know, with a great group of guards and Cole and RJ, uh, great people. Um, so it's so exciting, man. I can't wait to get there with the group. You know, I don't think I have a real weakness. You know, I think I'm really good at everything, uh, you know, and I think now it just comes down to perfecting everything, you know, and getting to an elite level at those at those key things. Um, so, I mean, just excited to grow, get better, you know, in this pre-draft process already, you know, I've gotten more consistent with jumps I handle, you know, and this is the best I've ever felt hooping. So uh, just excited to continue working. And, I mean, the sky's the limit for me, I believe, and, uh, you know, I know I can get there. And there's one thing that we know about Jalen Suggs is that he is a winner. And so I'm really, really looking forward to seeing what he can do in kind of rebuilding a franchise. If you look at the betting markets, and I talked about this uh, a few minutes ago, that Jalen Suggs could have a chance, a really good chance of winning Rookie of the Year. He's at plus 800, which is the fourth best odds behind, of course, the top three picks in Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, and Evan Mobley. I really don't think Mobley is going to win uh, Rookie of the Year because I don't think he's going to score the ball enough. But I think Jalen Suggs is going to be right up there with Kata Cunningham and Jalen Green. And so it's going to be interesting to watch. He is going to be the star player of that team. And he's got a chance to completely rejuvenate um, and turn around a franchise. And I think that's an awesome challenge for a guy like Jalen. I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. Okay, coming up next, we are going to talk about Corey Kispert, the second player drafted out of Gonzaga in this year's NBA draft. And of course, he's going to the Washington Wizards, and he's going to reunite with Rui Hachimura, which is very, very cool. We will hear from Corey Kispert on uh, his thoughts about reuniting with Rui and also playing with Bradley Beal. And then I'll give some of my thoughts about his fit in Washington. Before we get to that, today's episode is being sponsored by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. It's the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate in all bars. Go to the website and check out all the flavors that they've got going on right now. If you're not sure which one you want, feel free to get a mixed box with multiple flavors. All of them are soft, easy to chew, and absolutely delicious. Not only do they taste great, but they're healthy, too. 
They're great for the health conscious guy and also for anyone looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Most Built Bars have 17 grams of protein and just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15 you'll get 15% off your next order. That's LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Okay, let's talk about Corey Kispert. Uh, the two teams that I kind of thought that would take him would be Indiana and Golden State at 13 and 14. Indiana passed him up for Chris Duarte, and Golden State passed him up for Moses Moody. Two totally fine picks and understandable. So he goes 15 to the Washington Wizards, and of course he's going to reunite with Rui Hachimura, which was the talk of the town on Twitter uh, on Thursday night. Some old throwback photos, especially his photo uh, with the two of them celebrating together after Rui Hachimura hit that game-winning shot with a second left at home to beat Washington. So, the Wizards, they were very, very active last night. They traded away Russell Westbrook to the Los Angeles Lakers. They got several players in return plus a draft pick. So, that means that, uh, you know, Russell Westbrook is typically a fairly ball-dominant player. And without that, you know, Rui Hachimura and Corey Kispert are probably going to get the ball in their hands a little bit more than they would uh, with Russell Westbrook. And what I mean by that is that they're going to be able to create on their own. Russell Westbrook is the lead creator whenever he's simply on a team. Um, and Corey would have been more or less a stretch the floor kind of guy. I don't think he's going to be just a floor spacer anymore. I think he's going to have the ball in his hands more as a secondary creator alongside Bradley Beal. So it's going to be interesting to see how much he can actually create at the NBA level. I think one of the reasons they went out and got Kispert is because Bradley Beal wants shooters and he wants to win right now. And as opposed to taking a project that would take a couple of years to get better, they got a guy that can plug and play right away alongside Bradley Beal. So they've got Bradley Beal, uh, they've got Corey Kispert, they've got Davis Bertans, who's also a really good shooter. And the three of those, when they're on the court at the same time, would light up the scoreboard, both on the offensive and defensive end, because they're not guarding anybody. So a lot of high-scoring games uh, in Washington, D.C. next season. And then with Rui on the court, the interesting thing with that is that Washington got a lot of size, a lot of forwards, a lot of wings in that trade uh, with uh, the Los Angeles Lakers. They brought in Montrez Harrell, who's a big man, and they brought in Kyle Kuzma, who's also kind of a swing-forward kind of guy. So it'll be interesting to see uh, kind of how Rui Hachimura's um, playing time is affected by that. I don't think it should be at all because Rui is better than Kyle Kuzma and uh, Montrez Harrell. And, you know, Washington is very, very much invested in Rui. And I think he's due for a much, much larger step up uh, between his second and his, th- and his third years. So it's going to be very fun to watch Corey Kispert and Rui play at the NBA level. Of course, Corey Kispert talked about that, and he also talked about what it's going to be like uh, playing with Bradley Beal's very, very special player as well. He talked about both of those things in his press conferences after he got drafted. Yeah, Rui's my guy. Uh, I spent a lot of really good time playing with Rui um, and developing a friendship with him. So uh, to be able to spend a little bit more time with him um, you know, and play with him professionally is really, really cool. Especially just playing with Brad, uh, to be honest. Uh, having a guy like that who's so elite with the ball in his hands, uh, I can create you know, driving lanes for him. I can move pieces around and um, you know play off of him and, and, and make plays when he when he you know doesn't or can't. And so um, you know I'm so excited to play with a player like that of his caliber. And um, you know the front office clearly sees that too and um, really believes in the the kind of player that I can be. Yeah, absolutely. Like I spent some a, a few summers as a kid watching summer league and summer league games, and 
um, they stick in my mind. You know, they're a lot of fun and they're really cool for, uh, in the fans' perspective. So I can imagine they're just that much better from a player. So I'm looking forward to that, and I expect really big things out of my rookie year. I mean, I expect to jump in and um, not skip a beat. Uh, I want to, you know, help Washington win and continue the push that uh, they started at the end of last season. Apparently, after the Corey Kispert selection, Rui Hachimura was texting with the Wizards front office. And, of course, he was very, very happy. And he made that note on Twitter uh, when he sent out just a big old happy face. So, Washington Wizards, definitely going to get a lot of eyeballs from Gonzaga fans next season. And it's going to be cool to see those two guys play with each other at the NBA level. Speaking of Rui, Olympic update for Rui Hachimura. They're going to play Argentina Saturday night at 9.40 p.m., Here's the deal. Japan needs to win in order to make uh, the bracket play, and they need help, and they need help from the United States. Here's the deal. They are fighting with the Czech Republic for that last bracket play spot. And so Japan needs to win, and they need to have a better point differential than the Czech Republic in order to make bracket play. And right now, Japan's point differential is negative 46, and the Czech Republic is minus 14. So let's say Japan somehow beats Argentina by 10 points. So that'll move their point differential to negative 36. And that means the United States has to beat the Czech Republic by at least 23 points. That is doable. The United States can beat the Czech Republic by 30-plus. I mean, that is not out of the realm of possibilities. The bigger question is going to be, can Japan upset Argentina. It's going to be a tough task. Argentina is a solid team, but they are 0-2. They've lost to Slovenia and Spain, uh, though most teams are going to lose to Slovenia and Spain uh, in this tournament. So Saturday night, Japan, Argentina. If Japan wins, they're going to need help from the United States, and then they would be able to play in bracket play. And I really just wish that the hometown fans in Japan were in attendance to root their team on and give them a little extra energy in this final game. Okay, coming up to finish the show, we talk about Philip Petrushev, who was drafted by the Philadelphia 76ers, and we talk about the somewhat surprising exclusion of Joel Ayayi from the draft. But of course, he got signed very, very quickly by the Los Angeles Lakers, and we'll talk about both of those guys to end today's show. Okay, Philip Petrushev, he was kind of a coin flip, it seemed like, going into the NBA draft. He does get drafted. He goes number 50 overall to the Philadelphia 76ers, and as I had mentioned In his NBA draft preview, there was a very strong likelihood that whoever drafted him will use him as a stash pick. And that is exactly what the 76ers are going to do. They're going to keep him overseas for at least one season, in all likelihood two seasons. So Philip Petrushev will get another chance to play a lot of minutes overseas and a chance to improve his body, a chance to improve his game. And then at some point in the next year or two, uh, the 76ers have the opportunity to bring him into the fold back in Philadelphia, and Petrushev can be a stretch big. And I think that is what Philadelphia is going to want from him. If he can become a better defender and a little bit better passer, he can carve out some sort of bench role in the NBA. But for now, Petrushev is going to play overseas for at least the next season, and we'll keep an eye on his development over there. If Petrushev never makes it to the NBA level, I mean, we've seen over the last year, he is going to make a lot of money and be very, very successful in Europe regardless. But 
Of course, the biggest stage in all of basketball is the NBA. And of course, Petrushev, his goal since his first year on campus at Gonzaga was to get to the NBA. So we'll see how he develops over the next year or two over in Europe. And hopefully he can get to the NBA and become a rotation player here in the next few seasons. Let's finish the show with Joel Ayai, who somewhat surprisingly went undrafted. And I think in retrospect, the decision to not attend the NBA Combine looks a little bit stranger now than it did at the time. Uh, Because typically when players don't attend the Combine, a majority of the time it's because they've got some sort of guarantee that they um, are happy with. And if the guarantee for Joel Ayayi was that nobody was going to take him and that he could choose whichever team he wanted to sign with after the draft, that is a possibility. Um, And if he was happy with that, then that's the route he chose. But in all likelihood, um, I think Joel Ayayi expected to get drafted on draft night and it didn't happen. But he is going to the Los Angeles Lakers. It was announced within minutes. I mean, literally like two minutes after the draft ended, Adrian Wojnarowski tweeted out that he's signing a two-way contract with the Lakers. And the Lakers have a history uh, uh, with the Gonzaga Bulldogs. They had Roni Turioff, Adam Morrison, Robert Sacre that they drafted with the final pick of the draft in, what was that, 2012, I think. Uh, they had Elias Harris for a minute, Zach Norvell, Jonathan Williams, David Stockton. All of those guys were in their system at one point. And now, Joel Ayayi. And with the trade that the Lakers just made, they got rid of four players, I think it was. Um, And so they've got kind of a depleted roster. So there is definitely a chance for Joel Yai to be one of their depth players on the active roster as opposed to starting the season in the G League. And if there's one thing that LeBron James really likes, it's guys who can find open space for themselves and LeBron James to pass him the basketball because LeBron is an unbelievable passer. He's got incredible vision, and he loves for his teammates to cut to open spots. That is what Joel Eiai does. And then when LeBron drives or if they get the ball to Anthony Davis, and now they've got Russell Westbrook into the fold who loves to drive, they can kick out to shooters, and Joel Eiai can shoot the ball. So an interesting fit, I think, if um, Joel Eiai can prove that he's a 40% shooter Uh, I think he can carve out a role with the Lakers because they've got three pretty ball dominant players who are looking um, for, you know, easy dump downs and easy kickouts for threes. And that's two things that Joel Eiai does really, really well. Plus, uh, Joel Eiai is one of the more elite rebounders at the guard position. So an interesting fit with the Los Angeles Lakers. Unfortunately, Joel Eiai did not get drafted by a team, but still he's got a chance to carve out a role uh, on one of the best teams in the NBA. Okay, let's take a look at this draft from a big picture perspective. This is the first time in Gonzaga history that they had two top 15 picks in the NBA draft. Of course, we mentioned with Jalen Suggs, he is just the second player in Gonzaga history to get taken in the top five next to Adam Morrison. Gonzaga was the only school in the country with two top 15 picks in this NBA draft. And they were one of two schools with two first rounders altogether. Tennessee was the other one. That, I would imagine, is going to go very, very far with recruiting down the line. They also had more first round picks than the entire Big Ten combined. The Big Ten had one, count them, one first round draft pick. Gonzaga had two. 
This one is a little bit more dicey, I think, technically, because uh, Philip Petrushev is considered from Serbia and not technically from Gonzaga from a draft perspective. So I don't know how this is going to play out in the history books. But for our perspective, this is the first time in Gonzaga history that they've had three players selected in a single draft. They've had two a couple of times, uh, most notably in 2017 and in 2019. But this is the first time they've ever had three, if they're considering Phil Petrushev as a Gonzaga player and not technically from Serbia, but I'm going to count it. And then this is also, from a WCC perspective, Kessler Edwards got drafted as well. So this is the first time ever that the WCC had four players selected in the NBA draft. So shout out to the WCC. If you missed it, Kessler Edwards went 44 overall to the Brooklyn Nets, and that's the fourth player alongside the three Gonzaga guys out of the WCC. Colby Ross went undrafted, and as of uh, about 12.30 a.m. when I'm talking right now on Friday morning, he is still unsigned, but I would imagine he's going to get some sort of invite uh, to an NBA camp. So a great night for Gonzaga, a great night for the WCC overall, and I think uh, you know the more success that Gonzaga has in the NBA draft, the more elite-level recruits that are going to come to the school. This program, definitely not going anywhere anytime soon. Okay, that is going to do it for today's show. When we return on Monday, the calendar will turn to August, and that means we're inching closer and closer to the fall and the official start of practice. In the month of August, the plan is to continue our Path to Playing Time series, but we're also going to do a look back at every single Mark Few team from the season he took over in 2000 to this past year's national championship runner-up team in 2021. It just so happens that we have 22 episodes in the month of August, and we have 22 Mark Few teams to reminisce on before we get to September. So that lines up very, very nicely. In that series, we are going to break down their key wins and losses, but we're also going to go through some of their X's and O's a little bit, especially on the offensive side. Because I've been watching uh, a lot of games from each season over the summer, and I like to kind of describe at least a little bit about how of their offensive mindset has changed over those 20 years. One other thing to keep an eye on in the month of August is that typically in a normal season, the WCC schedule along with their actual dates for games gets released in the second Tuesday of the month. But we'll see if that actually happens if um, COVID kind of pushes that back to later in the month or all the way to September. We shall see. Before we go today, if you're a baseball fan, betting on the MLB does not have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicap expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget, you can rate and subscribe to this podcast. Please leave us a five-star rating, considering today is Gonzaga Five-Star Friday. You can follow me on Twitter at Escargo. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnZags. If you want to email the show with any questions or ideas you want me to talk about, feel free to do so. It's LockedOnZags at gmail.com. Everybody, enjoy your weekend. We will see you back here on Monday morning in the month of August. It is a great day to be a Zag.